Hey, it's White Boy Chris. If the Pat Downs ever made you laugh, then join our Patreon and support us. Get bonus content, a t-shirt, or an autographed copy of Rabbit, Miss Pat's autobiography. Visit misspatcomedy.com for the link to the Patreon, and while you're there, join our Facebook group. Welcome to another episode of the Pat Down. This is part two of the making of the Miss Pat show with my friend John Rattler and Chris looking like a over homeowner. Homeowner. <laughs> Where were you going? Were you, did you say overhormoned? Is that what you meant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you then you decided that wasn't a good track, so you said yeah. homeowner. Okay. Look, <laughs> he, looked, he looked like a woman who about to have a cycle who grow facial hair. <laughs> and we got Dion here. This is gonna be the part two of the making. No, of no, no, no. Do Dion next. Come on. <laughs> no, fuck you, Chris. Just let it in. Come All right. Just, because it's February, <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Oh yeah! Next tomorrow's all day. You can't say shit to black people. You better get up, get out, and tune into this podcast. This Pat spit the truth, spit the real fact. Nothing but the ugly, classy at the same time. Pat got the flavor. These are not the same lines. That's the politics. She been on the real grind. It could be pretty but ugly at the same time. Just tune in, put your lock on the spin down. Ain't no need for the wait and turn her up now. It's real though. And cut the game. You get no play like Nintendo. You waste the time, turn the up, nothing but the ugly. Straight off the top. Everything she say, you know it's funny. Full blast, this is taste of the future. Listen on your iPhone on your desktop computer. Share it, tweet it. Ain't no way to beat it. Nothing but the ugly. Turn it up and go repeat it. Welcome to another episode of the Pat Down. I'm here with my friend John Rattler again. And this is the second part of how the Miss Pat Show came about. So finish your what question, Chris. <laughs> oddly hostile. Cut a nigga off. Huh? When did I cut you off? You know what? I'm I cut you. No. Like, look, shut the fuck up, and we're gonna do a part two to this shit. That's pretty much what you said. Well, just so we we can get two weeks in. There we go. You'll oh, okay, me. go. You, you'll thank me later. So no, just, she won't. No, she, <laughs> <laughs> so John finish asking a goddamn question. Take you us get, back. You in. get paid by the episode. It's genius. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did it end up on BET Plus? You want me to take that? Yeah, you take that. So so Hulu eventually passed on the project, and they're going to uh, regret it. By the way, mm-hmm. and uh, and and oftentimes. Uh, that's the end of it. And sometimes there's a little bit of a, of a stink on a project too, if it gets passed on. And, um, and, and every time a pilot gets passed on, you, you, at every stage, broadcast network passes on a script, you send the script to a bunch of other places, see if people want to want to redevelop it. Uh, pilot's been shot. You have the DVD or the link to send around. You send that around to anyone who will watch it. It doesn't cost anything. And, uh, and uh, so we sent this to, I don't know, probably every, every place that would, uh, that, that, that would possibly program it. And, um, and we heard back, well, we heard back from, from a couple places, right? I think everybody liked it I, again. Like I not, didn't hear who y'all heard back from. Well, we heard back from Fox and we heard back from, uh, from, uh, from BET and they both liked it. And, uh, and I think, uh, Fox, this was like, this was like March of uh, of 2020, so it was right before everything in the world went haywire, mm-hmm. like right before COVID. So there were some there were some discussions with Fox, um, which would have been which would have been 
pretty ironic about it ending up back there after it had been developed there twice. But um, but ultimately, you know what the world went crazy in the in, in the middle of March and and uh, and everyone got very everyone was circling the wagons with their. Who's their- actually in the middle of uh, negotiating with Fox mm-hmm. and COVID hit and Fox pulled out. I think it was I think what happened was all the networks were just looking at their budgets. And, and, you know, if you guys remember, that was a scary time. So they had to they had to protect all the shows that they had on air. And they weren't really for that in that moment focused on trying to get new stuff on the air. And and uh, and then uh, and at the same time, BET had seen it and they were interested. So that became the place that that we negotiated with. Yeah. So we ended up at BET um, and. I, w- I was kind of happy. At first, I was shocked. I was like, we go from Fox to BT. And, and you know, when we go from Fox to Hulu to BT, and I'm like, oh, and I have a running joke. This show has been fucked by everybody with a dick in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, this is this show is a hoe. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, when we landed at BT, and I was like, oh, we landed at BT Plus. I didn't even know that was a BT Plus. And I was like, what the fuck is BT Plus, y'all? And they was like, BT Plus, BT have an app. And I was like, they do? And so I started doing my research and watching all the shows on there. And I was like, well, what, what the fuck? I didn't know BT. But Gariana <laughs> knew because my daughter watched a lot of TV. But she knew that there was, she was like, mama, how did you not know? Because I don't fucking watch TV like that. And so I just started doing my research. And I said, well, hey, maybe they get it. Maybe they get it. Because, I mean, when we, I remember when this show got tested. Because shows have to get tested after they made. And I remember Hulu telling us it was one of their highest tested shows. And, and when it didn't get picked up, and then BT tested it. And it came back testing really high. And I'm like, oh, Lord, it tests high again. Are they going to fucking dump? You know, are they going to stick with it? And then we thought we was going to shoot in 2020, which I think COVID hit. And we mm-hmm. couldn't shoot. And, we, you know, when you want something done so bad, Five months seemed like 10 years. I'm like, me and Jordan about to cry. Oh, we got to <laughs> wait six months. Oh, what the world going to be at in six months? And then eventually it fucking happened. And I think it ended up at the right place. It, 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 it's funny, Pat and I were just talking about this uh, when I got here tonight. And um, and uh, like she was saying, it took finding the place that really understood it. And I think when you understand it, you you understand that uh, what might seem offensive or boundary pushing for someone who doesn't understand it is just an honest and truthful story uh, for Pat. And so that I think, I think, I think they were the first people who really, really understood where it was coming from. Um, And so if we had done it, I think at this point, if we had done it anywhere else, it would have been impossible. We would have gotten, they, they would not, they wouldn't allow us to do the show with the stories we're, we're going to tell and with the words that are being, that are being used. Even if we remove the words, even just pushing the boundaries with the stories, it's just so, it's, you know, like, I just think people will be like, uh, it's, 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 it's going to make you uncomfortable, but it's also going to make you think. I remember we shot the episode last week and it was a the father did a scene with the son and it was a man on that uh, boom thing holding it. And I remember him coming up to Jordan. It was like, I never looked at that like that. Mm. 
Hey, I don't want to give away the episode, but he he pulled Jordan and said, he said, I never, I never understood what black people was talking about. Mm-hmm. And just that scene, it made me understand. And I had so many people stop me like on the set and say, uh, I had one guy who gave me a compliment that I won't make me my fucking back teeth show that I ain't have no back teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I got to smile real hard for you to notice I ain't got no fucking back teeth. I'm walking through one day. I don't have on no bra. I'm going to lunch because I don't like to rehearse in a bra because it hurt my fucking back. <laughs> so uh, my titties are slinging everywhere. And he come up behind me and I'm like, did my titty hit him? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and so <laughs> he's working on the show. He's like, excuse me. And I was like, uh, yeah. He said, he said, I just want to tell you, this show's so motherfucking funny. He said, I ain't seen a sitcom this funny since Martin. And nigga, I was smiling so hard that I had to put my my hand up there so he didn't see I ain't have no more fucking back teeth until I started to get paid and I can get me some back teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had another guy who was like, it was a white guy. He was very curious. I want to say he's Canadian. He worked in the grip department and we had this long conversation about race because of the monologue that I was doing. And I said, I said, it's all to make people think about, you know, the words we use towards each other. And we had this long conversation. He was like, you know what? Most people who stars of shows would never stop and speak and talk to us. I said, I like to know what the fuck people is thinking. And so he watched the pilot because he was like, he was kind of still confused because he said, I've never seen a show like this before. So he watched the pilot mm-hmm. and he said, uh, he said, I fucking get it now. Also, the guy who did the set design, who knows your mother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was telling Brandy. me, he's like, he went to school with your mama, brother, or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're all from Miami. So he stopped me. He's like, Yeah, I know John Rattler, mama, and we're going to go have a drink and da da da. <laughs> and so we talking, and he was like, When I got a phone call for this show, I wasn't going to do it because COVID is in Atlanta. I don't want to get on no plane. And then he was like, It was for, you know, it, it wasn't it was for BET Plus. I really didn't want to do it. This is what this guy, not really, not, not because it was BET Plus. I think pretty much how I tell you it was a fucking black show. I ain't coming out of my fucking house and get COVID and die. Maybe that's just how I looked at it. So I said, well, what changed your mind? He said, they sent me the pilot and I, I called him and said, I'm fucking in. He said, after I watched that pilot, I was like, I want to be a part of this. Then come to find out the motherfucker did 13 years on. What's that show he did 13 years on? Um, Malcolm? Malcolm in the middle. Oh, cool. <laughs> he did 13 did years. Did you tell him who directed the pilot? I told him Debbie Allen, and yeah, he, yeah. I think he said he knew Debbie Allen. He worked. I know the director we got now worked knew De, worked with Debbie Allen. She used to work up on the Debbie Allen. If you notice, she kind of moved like Debbie Allen too. Yeah, the way she direct and stuff. So it's it's really interesting when I talk to people who work behind the scene. You know, just to see what they think. You know, uh, you know, because it's it's a very it's very controversial. Is that, yeah. the, is that did I pronounce that right? You get you nailed well, it. Close enough. <laughs> I think what was so interesting was that you know Pat's Pat's a storyteller and and she has a real distinct point of view about the world and 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 all the people in you know in her orbit and uh, and that's like almost the essential ingredient of of a of a sitcom and and the, and probably your favorite ones had that. And, um, and, and, uh, I mean, you, you, you follow a lot more comedy 
than I do, but it seems to me like I actually think people are hilarious now. Like I go on Twitter and, and like everybody's everybody's funny and there are so many opportunities for people to be funny and the quality of like the joke telling is really, really great. But no one's a storyteller anymore. I don't know any storytellers. If you see Miss Pat live, you see she is she'll take you on a five minute ride. And every five minutes, there's just another great story with a ton of like and it's not just set up punch. It's set up punch, but story plus like just insight. Like it's really like there's not many comedians like her. Well, I I like I like, you know. I remember when my neighbor told me I was I had a story like Richard Pryor, so I did a lot of research on Richard Pryor mm-hmm. and Bill Cosby mm-hmm. because you know they're really great storytellers. And my my neighbor was he was he was he told me about Mom Mabel. He was a fucking comedy junkie, and he was like, "Your hinge is gonna be to tell stories." And at first, I started off like everybody. I suck dick, and I'm like, I don't suck dick no more. I'm old, <laughs> and so I just, <laughs> I just started to tell fucking stories, and and I, I realized you people, need your people, back teeth. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> people just sat there with their mouth open, and it's, it's not like a good fucking story. You go watch a comedian, and they tell you, you feel like you. It's nothing like walking away knowing that you know who the fuck that person mm-hmm. is. Oh. So that's how I, I like for people to. To leave, I feel like, I mean, it's tripped me out sometimes when people are like, rabbit. I'm like, who the fuck calling me rabbit? But I've told these stories or they see me perform that they feel like they know who the fuck I am. It's feel like I, I can just come and sit down in any of my crack baby houses and I'm welcome. And it's just <laughs> like it's fucking family. It's Well, John, I mean, the Jimmy Carter story stuck with you so long that it led to you being tenacious about this project. I mean, that just that shows you the, the quality of the storytelling just of our comedy. You know, that even was, in a podcast. And that's one and that's one of a of a thousand, I think. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the lighting the grave on fire, helping Uncle Uncle Cecil fuck. I mean it goes on and on. <laughs> have you told the have you told the one about the Schindler's list uh laser disc on this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Have I, yes. I think I have. Yes. <laughs> that fuck up rally trying to get me canceled. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I mean we can retell it if you want to. I was so scared to tell that fucking story. So after I met Rattler, no lie, y'all, this is how naive and ghetto I was. I realized Jesus wasn't the only Jew. Because <laughs> he told me he was Jewish. And I'm thinking, you can't be Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. It was only one. I was so fucking confused. Cause like I mean, they killed him and then that was the end of us? <laughs> <laughs> like they dusted fucking, their hands off like I didn't, I didn't, all I didn't of know them. <laughs> I didn't fuck cause you know I'm from the hood I mean I would tell you when I'm ignorant and I was so fucking ignorant to the fact that I thought Jesus was on the only Jew and cause you didn't hear about Jews where I grew up at you never heard Jewish stories you never seen Jewish people you know all you saw was white and black people when I was coming up so when I met him and he was like he was Jewish and it, it kind of fucked with me and I'm like <laughs> He's a kid of Jesus. <laughs> He's a kid of Jesus. Aren't we all? <laughs> Thank God for LaserDisc. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I just, well, well, no, I knew about Jews after the LaserDisc. But when I, he was like, I think he was like the first live one that I met when I went to L.A. Because I thought everybody was white. And then I think my manager told me you was Jewish. But after the laser this incident, I was so scared to tell that story because I knew that guy was an anti Semite. <laughs> he hated you. <laughs> <laughs> 
He hated Ron. I had a feeling. He said, I hate this motherfucker. Why won't he go away? Why won't he go away? I said, why don't you like him? He's not. <laughs> can, can you tell the laser can you tell the, the that story again please so when i met my husband and um uh, i didn't know anything about jewish people like i said and he's like he's the first real one that i think i met um we my I'm, my my brother sold his laser disc two-headed laser no a laser disc not two-headed vcr and in the laser disc is a movie called shindlings i had never heard of it and so my brother just hit play from whoever house he stole it out of it and it was right there where hitler was just shooting down the jews i mean i thought they were white people so i'm sitting there like run nigga run hit the motherfucking fence because i'm a hood bitch right i'm like what the fuck y'all standing around y'all was like you niggas don't know how to get out of drive-bys so i had no idea that they were prisoners i had no idea i had never heard of this shit so when i met my husband i said you want to see this crazy movie crazy white people get shot down right <laughs> and so i put it in and my husband and i was like what the fuck wrong with you he said that's shindlers i said what the fuck is shindlers ain't these white people too he said that shit with you i said to who <laughs> he said to the jews i said them niggas don't know how to run <laughs> so when i met Rattler, i thought he was white i didn't know he was fucking jewish my manager told me he was Jew- i was like it's more than <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we're out we're everywhere yeah i realized now you motherfuckers run hollywood yeah but i, I didn't fucking know that so i was scared to tell him the shindlers story because i didn't want him to think i was racist because it was just an experiment that i had the shindlers blew my fucking mind well it really let my husband know how dumb i really was feels <laughs> I mean, what what are the odds of stealing a laserdisc machine and the laserdisc in that machine being Schindler's List? You want to get I mean, something <laughs> cool like Terminator and no, yeah. like Schindler's List or Die Hard or right. something. It was, it was Schindler's, Schindler's List. I love I love that it was at the part where they were just started killing Jews and at the beginning somebody was like, <laughs> she got no context <laughs> whatsoever. I probably wouldn't have watched it. Literally, and my brother who worked with her, you he hit play and all you saw a Pow, pow, pow. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Run, white people, run. He's hey. just writing lists the rest of the movie. So you, you got the <laughs> you got the good part. I, I had never seen anything in, in, until I met my husband a little later. He the one told me that was a real story. And I was like, to who? And he was like, to the Jews. <laughs> and I'm like, they had a hard too. <laughs> and so he, he, he is not just the one on yeah, the cross right yeah all, all, all of them still do I yeah. I, then when i met him and my manager hated him and i was like and i'm you know i don't want to sound dumb but i'm like it's more them <laughs> <laughs> well john what what give us an analysis of the first time you heard this what, what, i've grown <laughs> over the years i've grown over the years now you know what a half dozen or something. Uh, everybody on my team is Jesus people. <laughs> Jesus people. <laughs> oh, Fuck you. You know what's really funny is uh, you met a lot of Jews. She just didn't know it. I didn't know. Of Jews in Indianapolis. Because <laughs> I literally thought everybody was white. I literally thought, I mean, and, and, and then I would say shit like, you a Jew? And so my husband said, you can't say can't that. Say. I said, what the fuck you mean? Y'all told me they were Jews. He said, you can't ask people, oh, they're a Jew. Oh, he's like, that's racist. To ask a motherfucker they're a Jew. And then he said, you have to ask people, are they Jewish? And I was like, oh, okay. I guess you can't just walk up to black people and say, are you a nigga? Right. He said, it's the same it, thing. Imagine if I walked up to you and just said, are you a black 
Like it, <laughs> you see that it doesn't hit the ear right. <laughs> yeah, and so like one of the things, uh, one of the things that I realized and I heard coming up that we, that I can't wait for you guys to see it. Like I didn't know kite was racist to Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Boy. Get that buzzer ready. Yep, ble- I, have, I, already mar- <laughs> I already marked it to bleep. Well, again, my husband John- had to. This happened live on the podcast. Huh? You, this happened though. No, this happened live on the podcast. You said it, and then he and I, Dion and I, are butt puckered. We were like, "Did you just say <laughs> that? Did you just say well, the K word?" I was saying K I T E. Oh, okay, gotcha. But gotcha. y'all thought I was. Then they taught me the word. My, well, my husband's like. That's racist. I'm like, what the fuck? So it's almost like when I'm out now and I'm in meetings and shit. You know, I'm a comedian, so crazy shit pop in my head, right? And I be want to sit and I be like, you can't say that. You can't say that. I be on set and I be like, you can't say. That. Like I was talking to the director the day and um and uh she kept saying uh we was doing an episode and she kept saying uh what was she called? What was she saying, Dion? Uh when the director hollered out. Not moon cricket. Um, oh, porch monkey. <laughs> porch monkey. So the black guy said it right. And uh, is Mary Lou Jewish? Well, she, but he was, he was just saying porch monkey. And I was like, Mary Lou, you say it. And then when she said, I said, I like how you say porch monkey because I feel it. And everybody just bust out laughing. I'm like, what the It was hilarious. <laughs> yes, because she did it and I felt it. When the black dude did, I didn't feel shit. When she said porch monkey, it made the joke work. But she didn't tell nobody she was going to have Mary Lou say it. So nobody's expecting her to oh, say it. Oh, I bet the audience We've been hearing crazy. it from the black dude the whole time. <laughs> and so when Mary Lou said, porch monkey, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Then she walked up to me and said, what's a porch monkey? <laughs> so, John, this goes to your point of this not being on ABC at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it was it was really funny. I could feel it when she did it. And so I just said, I need you to I need my porch monkeys from you. And <laughs> what, <was she? laughs> what is this? Jake look like. <laughs> I said, can't nobody say porch monkey but her. I wanted directly to say porch monkey. And y'all understand what I'm saying once you see the episode but uh i felt it when it it, it felt good when it came from her (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say that right I get what you're saying. I shoot sure don't lose the way you call me a punch monkey. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What are you? Thank you. That's how it sounded to me, Dion. I just. <laughs> what? I'm. What I'm saying is, it, it made it made me really go into the. It material. got you into character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It got man. me into character. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's kind of they worked. They've been working the dog shit out of me too, y'all. It's been kind of been interesting because I got a. So they gave me an acting coach, right? And nobody told me his name. <laughs> All this time I've been calling this man Todd. <laughs> Todd. <laughs> that's so funny because when I met him, that wasn't his name. And she just, I was like, maybe she knows something I know. <laughs> and so I'm like, Todd, what's the line? Todd, what's the line? So <laughs> my sister Tammy Roman on the show, she said, 
I think you got his name wrong. I said, that nigga named Todd. That's in my phone. Todd, the acting coach. Oh, it's saying, in my phone. It's basically a birth uh, certificate. <laughs> so I said, what's your name? He said, Troy. I said, that ain't what you told me. <laughs> All this time I've been calling this fucking man Todd. I had no fucking idea what his name was. Somebody told me that nigga name was Todd. Oh, God. He, he's, so that, he's he's the nicest man for putting up with that for as long as he has been. He probably yeah, he probably goes home. You know, soul. just typical Hollywood star, just calling me Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember the first week when we started shooting. Oh, it was so fucking off, and I was scared, and I could see the fear. I kind of saw like, what the fuck did you go, Chris? It's probably getting his butt I was tickled just, by his yeah, cat. Was, my cat was my cat had the feather ready and <laughs> so it looked like you was a little worried around like, on the very first episode, number two episode that we shot. And when you know you think something is funny, y'all. Oh, you can tell when I'm worried. Yeah. And that shit hit the flow. <laughs> that shit hit the flow. It was garbage. His jokes wasn't hit. I was like, oh my God, this shit ain't funny. So I'm telling, I'm telling um I'm telling Jordan, I say, this shit ain't fucking funny. And I don't want to panic, but then I look over at him and I could tell you, I know I've been knowing this dude so fucking long. <laughs> I can tell when he's worried and he's looking like, uh, what the fuck? This ain't what, you know, it ain't, I could tell in his eyes it wasn't working. And so for two days we were rehearsing and it just wasn't hitting. No lie, y'all. I went home. I came home. I went to sleep and I dreamed of Debbie Allen. And in my dream, she said, your problem is y'all fucking rhythm is off. She said, remember that time I had you in the living room and I told y'all to say, bam, 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 bam. And when you was holding that fucking tray in your hand, she said, get your rhythm back on. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I woke up at one o'clock in the morning, I said, and I text Jordan, I said, nigga, Debbie just told me our rhythm is off. So I, I go in the next day. And I get the daughter and I said, I know what's wrong with us. Cause you know, we had just got back together. Ain't been together for a whole year. And I said, I had a dream. Debbie said, our rhythm is off. And then the daughter was kind of like laid back. I said, no bitch, pick it up. I said, remember how Debbie showed us when we were standing around that couch and she was like, bam, bam, bam. And, and it started to work. There, we, we don't, because of COVID, we don't have a live audience to shoot in front of, which mm. we did uh, back in. Uh, we do have a live audience. You have 25 people. We've got, and the first episode, we had an audio malfunction, so you couldn't yeah. hear them. So, or they couldn't hear the pilots, so they couldn't laugh. Uh, or they couldn't hear the, 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 the taping. So anyways, I think a combination of um, uh, a, year, a year hiatus from everyone, all the actors working together, and uh, and some of the covid related issues kind of take a little bit of that live live energy out of it. Um, so it just takes a while to get that back, um, which you probably would have gotten even if Debbie didn't visit you in your dream. But you know. <laughs> I think it was Debbie. I'm telling you, I, I, I called her and I was like, I fucking dreamed of you. And I just remember her standing in L.A. on that stage in my dream. And she said, remember when I told you to do this? And remember, and bam, bam, bam. And she had all of us in my dream. And she was like, you do it like this and you do it like this. And bam, bam, bam. She said, everything got to stay at the same pace. And I, re- I remember getting the casket. I said, oh, I know what our problem is. Our fucking rhythm is off. Our rhythm is off. And, and then how, and how quickly did it like start to click after that? Uh, it just started to click. I said, I said, remember what Debbie taught us? I remember what Debbie did with us. Um, 
because Debbie did a lot of things for me because I'm the I'm the I am the youngest actor on this show. The most inexperienced. Oh, the oh. least inexperienced. Yeah, right, least yeah, inexperienced. Right. Gotcha. Inexperienced, inexperienced. Everybody else from theater, they've been on shit. This, the son been on so much shit. The husband is Broadway. The daughter is, you know. I saw the son of like a Dr. Pepper commercial about six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he got all kind of shit going on. And and when in my dream, when she came to me in my dream, and she was like, she always worked with me to get up to their level because you know, I'd be like, oh, my God, these mother... It's nothing like working with professional actor when you're a fucking comedian and everybody's good. Not that I don't think I can... I'm okay, but when I tell you day one, these niggas walking out off paper, I'm like, do y'all have to get off paper at the fucking first rehearsal? <laughs> Stop making me fucking look bad. And they just standing there waiting on me. Come on, you can do it. No, nigga, act like you read on the paper. But see, that's the beauty of her cast is they make her look so good. At the, and, like, and Debbie was really a genius. Uh, and uh, you know how like everything just came together. It, the, the, the pilot would not would not have existed in the way that it did if Debbie weren't the director, and if uh, and if um, and if Lee hadn't found Jordan, and uh, it, 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 all these circumstances uh, came together in the right way over a long period of time. But um, but uh, I remember we were doing the pilot, and you'd never acted in anything before except maybe that you did a Snoop Dogg video. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and you, it's funny. Cause like you, you'll, you'll go through this whole process. And on this one, it was, it was five whole years until you get to the tape day and you're like, Oh, wait a second. Can Pat act? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, no one, no one thought to, no one thought to ask that. I, you never checked. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be really. Nobody asked. Really? I'm gonna no, be really no, honest. Like, We're gonna give you a show. You fucking unique. And I'm like, uh, do these niggas know I ain't never act? So then they ended up giving me an acting coach, and I came out to LA, and it didn't. You know, it was okay. Then they got me another one that I really bonded with, and Hulu was like, Odd. Hey, <laughs> can she read? I'm like, yeah, nigga. Can she read? <laughs> they, these motherfuckers thought I couldn't read. So, oh, what are you, Fantasia? <laughs> Fuck you. I love Fantasia. Fantasia. Me too. But they realized that they was like, she's a fucking comedian. She can't act. So they started dumping me in acting classes like four days a week, two, three hours a day. And I had never been to a tabory, never in my fucking life. So I was like, how are you going to ask me to read out loud when I ain't did this shit in 80 years? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so. I ain't gonna lie when I did. I flew to LA and made my own fucking tape read with the pilot. And I got friends and shit, comedians. And the first time I read out loud, Vince was like, they're gonna cancel your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you worked with a, an acting coach here. Fuck you, Vince. Because Vince was there. Vince, Vince and Brian, he's one of the writers on my show. He was like, they're gonna cancel your show. <laughs> I said, fuck you, nigga. Out. I'm going to keep practicing. And I kept. <laughs> I was there, right? What you that, say? Was that at Reg's office? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hand on the mic. Hand on the mic. He said, I was struggling with duh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember looking back there and this is like, what the fuck? And, it, and I had never read a strip. I ain't never did shit. And so I just know, because I got that hustling mentality. And 
So I, we, you came, and I could tell he's like, "Oh, this bitch can't read out loud." <laughs> I said, "I can't." I said, "Say did the fuck," and I like again, I could tell when he were because he get crow feet on the side, like, "Ooh." <laughs> The next time I flew back, I didn't want to there. I just did it with me and Jordan. And you know, Jordan was really concerned too. Like, uh, can you read out loud? <laughs> yeah, thinking, let me just get my rhythm back. It's been a while. <laughs> she, she needed a dream of a third grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much did. And so, but what was so crazy? Because they was all word, right? I could not, you know, I never act, but they had put, they had put me in the acting classes. And so they didn't know I had been practicing like a motherfucker, right? So we go into the Hulu thing and all the biggies ex there, and they have no fucking clue because I ain't, I'm a hood bitch, right? So what I did is I took the kids to the acting class with me. <laughs> hey, y'all been cast? Get over here, motherfucking go to class with me to help me out with this shit. <laughs> so I had been eating with the crew, everybody except the daddy and Tammy. I had been hanging out with the kids, running my lines, and they were perfect. Nigga, help me out so we can all have a job. We get to the fucking tabory and I smashed it. They call and say, that was good, but do you think she can keep it up? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the the original, the first time we talked about doing the podcast together was when you called me and you came to Bob and Tom and you had me tape a read for something. I forget it was a movie or some something. And you had your acting coach there and you, I filmed it for you and sent it off to the agent and you left and I went, Okay. All right. She's going to have a TV show, but can she act? And so I was a little <laughs> nervous after that when I watched the pilot, because that was the last time I had seen you and you weren't great. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the pilot and I was blown away. And I remember very wow. clearly, like, Tom must have had the same thought because he goes, she's really good at acting. Which she came and she came to life when the when the audience was there. Yeah, when you're feeding off that energy, and um, uh, yeah, it just took a took a minute to get it back. Well, I, acting is nothing. It's, I never thought about acting before. I, it's, it's, I just wanted to do stand up, mm. and you know. I ain't want to go in there and read out loud and be pretending to kiss on the motherfucker that I don't really know. And I ain't, that wasn't my shit. So I was in a whole new world, but I'm the type of bitch. I don't mind starting at the bottom because the more you make me work, the harder I'm going to work to prove you whatever those fucked up thoughts in your head is. I'm going to prove you wrong. I remember me and Jordan was in LA and I would leave. I would go to acting class for three, four hours and then had to go to practice. And I would go to Debbie Allen house. I was at Debbie Allen house on the weekend. That bitch was running lines with me. Excuse me. I didn't mean to call Debbie Allen a bitch. But Miss <laughs> Debbie Allen was fucking working with me on a pilot. I then the same studio where she taught Michael Jackson how to dance. And she would say, come to my fucking house. I'm not going to let you fail. And blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I didn't, I couldn't even take in it. Fucking Debbie Allen is helping me on the side other than the acting coach. So I would literally go to acting four five five days a week and go on the weekend to Debbie Allen house in the same room. She taught Michael Jackson what a dance at. And, and she would just, she was teaching me how to clear my mind and take my time and I'm going to be all right. And I'm like, Oh my God, this was a fucking perfect pick. You know, when Jordan was like, call Debbie Allen, because I don't think nobody else would have took that type of time with me and they wasn't getting paid for it. They knew it. She and she hadn't directed a sitcom in 25, 30 years. Wow. Yeah, she and she, she a, a multicam. It had been so long that she she told me that uh, she she asked where her truck was. <laughs> <laughs> 
they used to they used to shoot, they used to do these sitcoms and the director sometimes would be in the truck or in the booth and wow. um i don't know why they don't do that you'll have to have debbie on and ask her and give you the whole history but i don't know why they don't do that anymore but debbie's moved on to direct she's the she's the Grey's house director anatomy. on Grey's anatomy so she hadn't done a sitcom since a different world and we were so blown away when she took it. I was like, Debbie Allen is never going to take this. Why would she take somebody she's never heard of? And she read the pilot. She's like, I mean, and we was like, you in? <laughs> and again, I backed, I, I, we flew to Atlanta on our own dime and we met her. Nobody knew who was down here. And we was like, oh my God, she's going to fucking take it. And it was so nice to say, you get to choose between this and that. And, you know, we chose Debbie Allen because I felt like I needed that mothering. You know, I needed somebody to build my confidence because I didn't. Act. I need somebody to, and other than Jordan, because Lee was not, Lee not hand on me because he fucking creating everything else. But Jordan was hand on with me and she was really hand on with me. You can do this. And, you know, my thing was remembering the lines. I had never act before. And when she would take me out in that garage out there and tell me those hundreds of stories about all the celebrities and people she taught dancing at, and then she would pop that strip open. And, and she would just bring me to life and nobody knew it. John, did she like talk to you about why she took on the project? Like what was it about Pat and the, the project that she decided to do? If you know, I don't, but I think she probably just saw what, what a bunch of other uh, people saw in Pat as well. And I don't, and you know, and I, and, and, and maybe there is other elements to it and more of a, a specific or personal connection but um, she was remarkable. We couldn't. Have, I don't think we could have done it with any. No, no one else could have done that pilot. I don't think so. Yeah. And that's the development of the Miss Pat show. Yeah. And thank you, Mr. Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. We, we forever family now. Yeah. I thought she I tell her all the time that she reminds me of my 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 late grandmother. Yeah. And then I always find out new stuff like I hadn't seen Crystal Light in probably 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and the last person I saw with Crystal Light with those little yeah. those little round packets was my grandmother. And then last week Pat's got them on. <laughs> yeah, he's like, God damn it, every time I tell him you remind me of your grandmama. I said, maybe she left the Jewish family and came back as a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but um I'm on got hot now. But thank you. I love you, Rattler. I love we you. We family, we family now. <laughs> I just take in people. See, you don't always have to take the bullshit from the niggas you were born with. She you can go out and create your own motherfucking family. She'll call me on a Wednesday. How do I make crab cakes? <laughs> <laughs> he makes the I best fucking <laughs> crab cakes. He makes the best fucking crab cakes. And he and he gave Gary Allen his recipe and she killed that shit. She killed it. I'm just glad well, you don't use your own crabs. <laughs> <laughs> They're not big enough. Daniel. You never had crabs on the ass before? They're not big enough. <laughs> Give it time. And that's part one and two to the Miss Pat show. And I thank you, Rattler. Thanks for, for having me. I've been bugging her. I said, when can I come on your podcast? Well, I thank you for stand, sticking by me because it, it was not, <laughs> it wasn't easy. Boy, we've been up. So it's been a crazy relationship. And on the day of we shot my pilot, Ashley went out there and raped my rental car. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember. I remember. I remember. I didn't, I don't think I knew about it while we were shooting but i think you called me like three months later because like fox lot security was after you <laughs> oh, <that's right. laughs> 
<laughs> so I gotta tell this story before we go. So, I have been a witness. They're like, if you see, <laughs> who was working on? I think Stranger Things, one of those big movies, he was big shows he was working on over there. And Ashley backed into his car, and so Ashley took the truck, and we got it fixed. So I told the guy I would give you my, I take the car to the shop. I give you my debit card, and I pay for it. And it was a little fucking little neon. It, I I I could order a brand new dough for fifteen hundred dollars. So I said, well, what, why is it fifty five hundred? Well, you got to pay. I said, well, take it over there. I will send them a door. And I no, I want the cash. I said, nigga, you got me fucked. All she was the way literally up. googling for doors. Like I was there that we did a podcast that day. She was literally look look. <laughs> That yeah, I was like, joke. no, you're not getting 5,500 out of me because <laughs> fuck you. And so he, eventually he fucking disappeared. But I, then I tried to be nice. I said, sir, first of all, I was shooting the show. I'm not the nigga that hit your car. I ain't hit your car. I'm just trying to be nice. And then he went on and off and I was like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, because wasn't yeah. Ashley saying that he could just sue her because she didn't really give a fuck? Yes, yeah. she did say that. Yeah, <laughs> I was the most there. Rigorous I heard her shit ever. It was so much <laughs> happening that day. And then I, I got to tell you all this story. So <coughs> everybody comes up. You know, ain't nothing like when black people make it. So all my friends came up. Probably about 30 fucking people flew to L.A. Along with five fucking kids and all my grandkids and shit. And we get there and, and uh, imagine and Fox like, where the fuck are these niggas come from? We got to get her the fuck away. She going to be able to concentrate and focus. This is a fucking pilot. We need her to do good. So they come to me and they say, can we please put you up in a, in a hotel? I said, but you just, you got me a hotel right here. I've been staying for the last four, five months. They say, no, we're going to give you a whole nother room by your motherfucking self away from all these goddamn black babies you don't brought up here. We need you to stay focused. So they put me up in that big ass hotel right at Beverly's by the Fox lot. Uh-huh. And it's a con- it's fucking beautiful. And then they say it's open bar. So, you know, when you've been pole, it's always going to stay in your head. You're going to be a little niggerish, right? So we <laughs> got the bar in And my mouth was like, just empty the bar. They're going to pay for it. Just empty the motherfucking bar. Steal the robes. <laughs> Take all the towel. <laughs> <laughs> I told my husband, should we take everything out of the box? He said, hey, stop being a fucking nigga. I said, I'm going to pay for everything. They want us to use it. He said, what the fuck are you going to do with this shit? It's going to go to waste. <laughs> I had to. I used to steal towels from hotels, right? Because I don't like buying towels at the house because towels can cost you five to ten of them real real thick ones so whenever i stayed at nice hotel when i was opening it i was still the really nice hotel towels you ever stole them they really fucking good no so, no like john rattler has not stolen give him a chance to answer. the answer is uh, probably no right john I, I i think it's i think it's unlikely <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think it's unlikely. It's unlikely I've ever stole a towel. What about a laser disc? You ever stole a laser disc? Many times. <laughs> it, it's unlikely that I stole a $12 towel. <laughs> Motherfucking towels are very expensive and I don't like buying them. So I steal all of these towels to fill up all of my closets in my house. And my husband's like, don't you steal another motherfucking tower? We got two motherfucking many. And so, like, if you steal a really high-end, like Hilton, they got a the little Hilton tag, you cut them off. So people who come to your house don't know you stole Hilton tags. <laughs> Towers and a thick-ass washcloth that your face just melt in. So at a point, I had to stop stealing them because I had too many. <laughs> now, I can afford the $12 towel, and I feel guilty as fuck. Because? I be wanting to steal them, but I... 
The theft is still in you. <laughs> it's still in me. It's still in me. I'm like, I really need to take these towels to the house. <laughs> and then I say, why the fuck are you stealing towels? That's there's no there's no substitute for that feeling of taking something, getting something for free. And well, it's not stealing because technically I was staying at that room. No, I it's just... exactly stealing. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. a legal definition. Yeah, textbook. Yeah. Fuck you. When, Fuck you, Chris. When the network hears this, you can be staying at Super 8. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. I don't steal towels anymore. And I kind of feel good. I was oh, I just leave the towels behind. <laughs> yeah, like everybody what? else. <laughs> <laughs> like Fuck y'all laughing. <laughs> Dear, you never you do you remember when I used to steal towels? I remember when you had me steal towels for you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a fucking towel conspiracy. <laughs> I used to I used to low I used to bring an extra suitcase just to steal towels and soap and shampoo and shit. That's what I did. <laughs> I don't do it anymore, guys. Everybody makes a change in their life. And I swear I've changed. Should have changed. So oh. but we're gonna wrap it up. Oh, John Rattle, I'm so glad you joined us. Well, it was my pleasure. And he's on Twitter and Facebook too. Oh God. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no necky pictures, please, bitches. I'm trying to be a, a meme lord on Twitter, right? Huh? <laughs> you want you... somebody to turn you into a meme? No, no, no. Oh, you want McDuffin will do it. Yep. McDuff will oh, meme Mac- this man. You're, you're already finna be Rachel Maddow. Yeah, so. you're <laughs> sealed your fate. Are you a crack baby? Are you in my crack baby group? I don't think so. Oh, you got to go in my crack baby group. They're fucking hilarious. And we got this guy down named McDuffin. Oh, my God. He, gonna, he about to fuck you up next week. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to see What's what you do. What's that on you. Twitter? We're on Facebook. Facebook. Crack oh, babies. Facebook. You got to ask to join. And uh, he, he listens to every podcast and he makes something. So since you say you look like <laughs> Rachel Maddox, he's always taking Dion and shoving him on Chris' wait. ass. Every week, he, Dion head is in Chris' ass. There's a picture uh, that I took of a giant cow, and then he put it me behind the cow fucking it the other day. So he's, 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 <laughs> that's, the, that's where we're at. <laughs> well, we want to thank y'all for tuning in to another great episode of the Pat Down with me, Chris, and Dion, and my lovely friend, John Rattler. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Pat Down. Make sure you check out my website at misspatcomedy.com for all of my social media, my tour dates, my book. Make sure you spread the word about my podcast. Please rate and review. Please rate and review and share. Thank y'all so much, y'all. I've been Miss Pat.